you walk out of the door of your home and you walk into an area that is nothing but an abundance of food, fruits, vegetables, everything you need to sustain life that you have planted yourself and maintain throughout the year. A food forest. What's it all about? We're about to find out. This is the Swarm Unplugged podcast, where we get to know the bee social community and encourage others to join us. With hundreds in the community, we want to get to know all of you better. From the newbie to the expert to the project partners, we will be learning who they are and how they can best benefit from bees social. I'm Christopher Knight, so let's get started. You know, we uh, oftentimes talk about the Garden of Eden. What does that mean? You know, it's a, it's a way to enjoy life in its fullest, uh, be satisfied with what's around us, <clears throat> not be dictated by anybody, as a matter of fact, uh, have a, a, feel, a feeling of flowing through life with all of your needs satisfied. Now, I don't know what that means because I've never experienced it. I don't know what it means to develop it. I don't know what it means to even be a part of it, but today's guest is developing that very thing where you are DeFi from life. You have a DeFi lifestyle that will make you actually independent of all around you, totally self-sustaining. Now, the only person I know that's self-sustaining is... Uh, is and supposedly uh, self-sustaining due to odor most of the time. Uh, so that sustains all around him and all about him. But uh, thank goodness we're not that close very often. And that's my uh, co-host, Tony Kay. Wow. What an introduction. You, uh, you know, you, you always inspire me with your kind, wonderful words. And it, it, it's always I, a pleasure to do it, too. I, I'm, I'm doing a check, and you, you could be right about what you said there. So, yeah. you know, I can't, I got anything in my teeth? I, I can't no. tell from here, but uh, likely so, because I know, how, yeah. I know what uh, you eat at night. And it's not always, uh, it's always, uh, you know, some sort of expensive beef or something. It's, uh, you know. You know you know what's you know what's interesting is uh, I know that I can depend on my trusted friend Rick Shear in the back there. He's always yeah. making us yeah. look good. So today, see, I've decided to honor my friend there with uh, see this. Don't you wish you had one of these? Yeah, I do have one. Thank you very much. Wait, what? I thought I was the only well, one that got them. Well, no, that's uh, that's a two of a kind. You thought it was one of a kind. That's two of a kind. But yet, anyone can go to his site, besocialmerch.com, and grab a hold of it. But I'm glad to see mm -hmm. you wearing his hat because otherwise I'd have to look at your hair. And boy, that really bugs me every time we're on the, on the screen. So thank you does. for wearing a hat today. I appreciate it. I have a couple much. of gray hairs somewhere there. I don't you don't know. have a couple. You, you hardly have any hair at all. That's what's happening to you, buddy. So mm -hmm. is, that your, is that your Spanish side? Or some be. other side. You it might be my quarter French. I'm not sure. Well, the French is not helping you much. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all that being said, is there anything in the cup? Well, Rick did send something in the cup, but he told me to keep that private. So I, yeah, okay. I, I can't well, let him, I, I can't uh, Rick, reveal that. Rick, right we got to talk later, buddy. We got to talk later. Mm. You know, we have, we have a really interesting guest today. Yes, and it's we something do. I don't, it's something I really thought about much, but I, I'm familiar with it. Uh, people have been talking about self-sustaining lifestyle for a long time. Now, it seems that technology is catching up with it, doesn't it? Huh? I'm telling you, in every aspect of it, I mean, when you look at DeFi, you look at cryptocurrency and everything, and what is that? It's decentralization. And so... Yeah. It's interesting that we've got this guest on because it's something that I'm very interested in because the idea of growing your own food and being independent and relying upon yourself and your own resources to uh, benefit from those hard labor of what you do or don't put in. And here's the funny thing. It's not really hard labor. It's something that we almost enjoy every day by sometimes going outside and everything and checking on your landscape and everything. But, uh, you know, maybe we should ask him about the landscaping thing because I think he's got some pretty cool ideas. I'm not sure. but Well, he's got some great ideas. So why don't we take just a minute to see some of that in a very special video? I'd like to see it. If anything was possible, what kind of community would you call home? Imagine walking out your door and overlooking a diverse, thriving food forest. You see an abundance of citrus, leafy greens, medicinal plants, along with an amazing variety of exotic, chemical-free fruits and vegetables growing in organic, living soil. Berry bushes and beautiful flowers are strategically placed by permaculture experts to attract pollinators. Bat boxes installed in tall trees assist with mosquito control and beehives have honey taps for convenient access. Imagine the abundance of food available for the picking as you stroll through your neighborhood or instead having fruits, vegetables and fresh eggs delivered to your doorstep by our groundskeepers. You are surrounded by nature with incredible vistas of an undisturbed and pristine lake. If you're looking for the ultimate self-reliant community, you've found it. Galt's Landing is named in honor of John Galt from Ayn Rand's novel Atlas Shrugged, who personifies the power of the individual through self-reliance in the face of mediocrity. With only 10 exclusive estate lots strategically located on 52 acres of Florida's natural woodlands, experience the lifestyle that dreams are made of. Edible landscaping, efficient water and energy systems employing solar technology to power common areas and electric boat charging stations will complement your luxury estate. Enjoy a sense of community and kinship with nature while birding, fishing or boating on the private 430-acre tree-lined shores of Cat Lake. Play tennis on the state-of-the-art pro-cushion surface utilizing smart core technology which records every shot for instant replay in 3D. Relax and enjoy time with friends around the community fire pit and marina bar. Despite its natural setting, 
Galt's Landing is conveniently located on Orlando's doorstep. With world-class theme parks, entertainment, sports and cultural venues, Cocoa Beach is less than an hour drive, and Orlando International Airport is just 35 minutes by car. Welcome to Galt's Landing, where each home site is situated for a sunset view over the glistening waters of Cat Lake. Enjoy a level of healthy, luxurious, self-reliant living available to only a select and adventurous few. The homes shown are conceptual. Your own home design will be the product of your imagination. The sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. Galt's Landing offers a unique combination of premier location, natural environment, and exclusivity, along with food, water, and energy self-reliance. This is Paradise Found. If you wish to be one of 10 owners in this resilient neighborhood, contact us now at galtslanding.com. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what you could say about that, <clears throat> except what you just did. Whoa. Hello. Sign me uh, up. Yeah. It, uh, it, uh, are there any free properties for uh, marketing efforts or anything like that? I'd be happy to you know, oh, throw I, in my I'm, expertise yeah, or whatever. Yeah. What, what do you think, Tony? I, I think that'd be great. But, you know, there's, there's only 10 of them. So I'm not sure that there's room for you because I've already asked Jim mm -hmm. and, and Rick's already asked. So. I'm not so, sure there's okay. any room for you. Well, okay. you can come visit though. I, I'd love, I'd love to come visit and uh, and make sure that you're the one out gathering all the vegetables and so forth while I sit there in the kitchen with your uh, no. girlfriend. Okay. Let's just assume that you can get past the security gates. Let's just assume yeah. that first of all. Well, yeah. If I can get, if I. <laughs> <laughs> that would that may be difficult. Now listen. I'm not sure listen. you'll be on that VIP list. I'm not sure. I don't think so. No, I won't be on that VIP list at all. And now, so we don't uh, make ourselves totally ridiculous here today. Yeah. Let's invite our very special guest, Jim Gale, to the show. All right, Jim. Hey, everybody! Thank you, Christopher <laughs> and Rick. It's great to be on your show, and uh, I love I love the fun of this. You guys are awesome. Well, well, you never know what you get. It's like a box of chocolates, right? You never know what you're going to get. Well, you know, Jim, it's a real pleasure to have you here. We uh, Fortunately, we've had a chance to chat and learn a little bit about it. But I want everybody to know what food, uh, what, uh, what is a food forest anyway? A food forest is a strategically designed system that mimics natural systems but produces a massive amount of food with very little input. In fact, you can plant a food forest in your yard and leave your yard for 30 years and come back 
and you will have a food forest in your yard that has food everywhere, animals, natural habitat, and a vibration of life that is absolutely inspiring. In fact, about 5,000 years ago, um, architects and, and um, these wise people that study cultures have determined that the Amazon rainforest was a designed food forest thousands of years ago. Wow. Then designed uh, it, the, the Amazon uh, rainforest has that many vegetables and fruits and so forth? More than, so there are actually tens of thousands of different types of edible and medicinal plants most of us haven't heard anything about because we this is not by accident, by the way. Henry Kissinger said back 50 years ago, if you want to control nations, control oil. If you want to control people, control food. And this strategy has led to a diminishment of the seed diversity and of everything regarding healthy poison-free food. What, yeah. uh, what do you do uh, when someone says, well, I don't want to go to that much work? I, I say, great, because then get rid of your lawn, get a food forest, because a lawn takes more maintenance, more poisons. In fact, there are between 40 and 50 million acres of lawn in the United States alone. It is the number one crop, which takes more poisons and more maintenance than any other crop. It's monochromatic. It doesn't provide smell, doesn't provide color, and it doesn't provide food. It's the foundation of the enslavement of our of humanity. Well, that's great. Yeah, I don't I've, think I've, uh, Tony Tony's homeowners association wouldn't allow him to plant one. Yeah. I'm sure. I, and and plus, I think the geese would get upset. They they have a heyday on that on that grass. But I I got to tell you, I'm ready to to change a few things around. That's for sure. And there is some options apparently, even oh, if yeah. you do have a small area. And I don't know. Somebody told me something about hey, if you don't have an outside and you got an inside, because our friend Rick Shear in the back there, he he lives in this place called I don't know New New something New. York is that what it is? Somewhere out it's somewhere out east. I don't know where it is, but anyway, he uh, he lives in this uh, in this place that he calls a box, and I was told we can get a box within a box, right, Jim? There's something oh, we can do there. Absolutely, there's a million things we can do, and a lot of people. There's so many programs that are based in um, ignorance about growing food, right? And ignorance isn't stupid. It's just not knowing what's possible. And every day, I still learn what's possible, and it blows my mind. In fact, um, a few weeks back, I was doing a video with my friend's food forest in northern Minnesota near the tip of Lake Superior. And it is absolutely thriving. It's an outdoor food forest that is so expansive. The animals and the birds, he's got birds from Russia that have never been seen on the continent. He's mm. got all this different, it's like the vision that I hold in my mind of the Garden of Eden. Not the religious wow. story, but the actual idea that we can have so much abundance that it's literally dripping off the trees everywhere. So instead wow. of planting ornamentals in these landscapes that don't provide food, you can plant beautiful plants that have more functionality. And that's what permaculture is. That's what food forestry is, is creating more functionality inside the same system. Wow. Well, we Plus just you uh, got the beauty just, and the smell and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, it's in, it's incredible. We had Scott. We we are international right yeah. now. We had Scott's uh, Scott Satoshi in uh, Japan watching, and he made a comment about getting a villa 
And then we've got Scott Rogers here. Rick, uh, yeah. put I this want, up. I want, so, I want to say something ahead. about Scott Rogers there, and that is he said that he's uh, uh, putting one in his backyard. Yeah. And so then I, I'm going to ask you, Jim, uh, how would you direct him to do it properly? By following the permaculture principles that have been well-defined and demonstrated all over the world. We mimic natural systems. So proper food forest will have layers of food. Most people, when you think of food, what do you think of? Fruit trees, like if you think of a food forest, but you can have layers, roots and tubers, uh, ginger and turmeric, some of the best medicines in the world and culinary herbs and uh, sweet potatoes are absolutely phenomenal. You can eat the roots, the stems and the tubers. They're not actually in the tomato in the potato family, but they're like perennials that just keep growing and growing in certain climates. So permaculture is about finding out the zone, the climate, and all of the different variables that go into a particular area, and then designing according to what would make sense in that area. All right, Scott, wow. uh, you can answer us here. What, Scott, what area do you live in, Scott? Uh, and we'll wait for his answer here, but uh, you might even be able to suggest what he needs to do with what types of plants. But I think in the, he's in Arizona, in, actually. I think he's in Arizona. Uh, you're right. Yes, Arizona. Yeah. Exactly. So we're, we're talking about the state of Arizona. Can you help him out as far as the type of plants he needs in Arizona? First, in Arizona, in almost all of Arizona, catch and store water. Right? That's going to be your number one thing. And how do we do that in permaculture? Well, water catchment from the roof is going to be awesome. It's going to be a no-brainer taking the water that comes in from your roof. And then another thing is creating ditches on contour. And they could be very small ditches. They could be six inches deep and six inches wide, or they could be six feet wide and six feet deep, right? But there are ditches on contour. And then when it rains, then it'll allow the water, which typically will take the nutrients from the top of the soil. And along with the water, it'll leave the property. But when you create swales, they're called, you slow down the water and you let it seep into the landscape. And when you have a series of swales, very easy to do swales, then you're going to be storing the nutrients and the water. And over time, you will have springs pop up on your property and life that is just absolutely incredible. How long did you say it took to actually grow a, a, a proper food forest? Um, so typically it's going to be about three years before you have a thriving food forest. And that's when you buy trees that are maybe grafted trees. They might be a year or two old already when you purchase them. Maybe they're three feet or six feet or 10 feet tall. Then within the first year, you're going to get a few fruits, um, berries, papayas, bananas, sweet potatoes. There's a lot of things that will actually produce within the first year or the first 15 months. Some fruit trees, avocados might take eight years. But when you look at this from a long-term perspective, this is literally the path to freedom. It's not a utopic fantasy. It's the next logical step for humanity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because you talk about the different landscaping and everything. And uh, I know that um, some property that I'm um, uh, connected with in, in Costa Rica, uh, the growth there is absolutely mind-boggling. A friend of mine uh, that's a realtor down there, he said, hey, Tony, can I put a couple of... Um, banana trees down on this property here and 
And I came back, I don't know how long it was after, and not only was those those trees, the ones that were closer to the road were three or four feet. The ones that were closer to the hill uh, were already producing fruit. It yeah. mind-boggling, and we're talking months. And I was like, what size did you put yeah. in? He said, oh, they were about this big. Awesome. And, he, and, he's, and I'm like, you you got to be kidding. So it's definitely pertinent there. Now, one of the questions I got for you kind of leads into this, and that's hydroponics. Now, how is a hydroponics setup that somebody might have indoors going to produce in the same time as what outside is, or is it completely different? Well, it's completely different. Um, hydroponics is awesome in certain applications. I've built a lot of high, many hydroponic systems. I've turned my whole garage into a grow room for microgreens and hydroponics, and it can be fantastic. You can grow a head of lettuce in 30 days in a hydroponic system. Um, and, and, and like I said, they're great for some applications. What I found after kind of going through and trying everything that I could possibly get my hands on is that building soil is going to be the by far the best return on your time and energy invested. Everything that we have, unfortunately, as you know, is so stripped of minerals and and that's the biggest problem of what we're dealing with. We our, our soil is so depleted, and there's so many more chemicals that they use to try and bring those those nutrients in, which is chemicals on top of chemicals. And so, you know, a lot of the reason why I'm sure you've heard of the Hunza, Hunza tribe in the um, uh, Himalayan mountains, where you know the the, the 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 ground is unspoiled as much as it can because even our pollutants from the air and the water that saturates those grounds aren't affected as much. So, you know, that's one of the things that I think is is really, really important is understanding the nutrients that we that we keep depleting and how to how to better that. So how would you suggest somebody would look at nutrients first if they were doing uh, trying to get a backyard or a box going or one of your systems? Yeah. So there's a few simple components that will increase everybody's yield and success rate massively. One is you don't want to have the earth exposed to the sun and the wind and the rain. You want to have mulch stimulating a forest floor. So in fact, there's an entity out there called chipdrop.com. It's like a, a nonprofit or some kind of organization where the local tree trimming companies sign up to be part of chip drop so that they can unload all of their mulch and wood chips in the closest location so they don't have to bring it back to wherever they have to dump it at. So you can, and mulch, by the way, wood chips, they're like gold because they will, as they decompose, they create that layer between the soil and the wood chips. And that's where life happens. It, it really happens at the edges of systems so between the soil and the wood chips, you're going to start creating the microbiome. Now, if you put a little bit of worm castings in there and some kelp, some rock dust and some kelp and some azomite, and you seed it just a little bit, maybe some chicken manure, or some cow manure. Now you're expanding, the, you're, you're saving time. You're actually and accelerating. Yeah. accelerating the process. Yes. Well, as a uh, gardener and, and using mulch on a regular basis, the uh, the major question I have is, we uh, you're always going to have the weeds. What do you do about the weeds in this food forest? You, so first of all, weeds is a great way to sell poisons. Like the word weed, right? There's in nature is the most efficient system 
that there is. We are made of this incredibly efficient system that doesn't waste anything. Every quote weed has a purpose. Many of them go into really depleted soil, like dandelions, for instance. If you have a bunch of dandelions, dandelions come up in depleted soil, in mineral deficient soil. And they're one of the healthiest crops in the world. They can help with all sorts of diseases and diseases. So this idea of weeds, um, yes, some plants can be competitors for the plants that you want. But when you create sheet mulching and layers, you're gonna suppress the competitors and you're gonna give the energy towards the plants that you desire to have, the, the, the layers of food producers. So you're suggesting pull the weeds by hand. I'm suggesting that when you layer it right into the sheet mulching right, you won't need to pull any weeds. Uh, yeah. I you wish can, that were true. I really wish well, that were true. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you an example of where it is a factually true. Um, so last March in 2020, the it was the crap was hitting the fan all over the place. My partner shows up at my house with a, a whole thing of fruit trees, like three and a half thousand dollars worth of fruit trees. He said, Jim, we need to get these in the ground. Now that's not how we do it, right? We actually design, we prepare soil, but we had to do it that day. We ordered a big load of, um, of soil. We put cardboard down right in a cattle pasture with cattle grass and all sorts of weeds everywhere, right? We put it down on the ground, we put the soil down, we put all the different 55 trees and plants in there, and then we put a big bale of hay on top. And for the first two months, it was dry. So first two months, we watered about every three or four days, we made sure that the root balls were getting moisture because that's the most sensitive in time for the trees to be at risk. Within the last 12 months, we have done nothing and it's absolutely exploding with, with food everywhere. And yes, there are all sorts of different plants there that aren't edible, but we got nitrogen fixers popping up and all sorts of neat plants there that you'd consider weeds. Um, and every once in a while, we might cut and make a path, but that's it. It's no maintenance food forest. Yeah, so what you're saying is, is if you control or, or can uh, deliberately plant uh, the things and set up your soil correctly and you're going to have the weeds that you want to have there that, that are the ones that are desirable uh, or that going to help your ecosystem or more importantly you're going to suppress them and have the others outgrow them where they're not going to obviously thrive so you're controlling the environment for them to grow right and, right and, and making sure. an ideal environment for the ones that you do want Exactly. And then the, the, when you give the ones that you do want the foundation, and sure, there'd be times when you might want to come and trim some back and cut something. But this is the idea that I want to convey. It's less maintenance than a lawn, my friends. That's yeah. the beauty of it. So if you're going to put the time in anyway, you might as well make it more functional time. Well, like you said, Jim, the difference is you're going to have the smells and you're going to have the beauty and which is something that you got a grass, a lawn. Yeah, I, I've got a nice grass, but nice grass lawn. But but on the flip side, with all these different flowers and all these different trees and everything, the smooth uh, smells that you get and the aromas and and of course all the beauty of that 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 the eye can behold. That's that's a whole value all in itself. So birds and butterflies and all yeah. the life. It, it's the foundation for life. 
If you look at a lawn compared to a stacked food forest, you're looking at a biological desert compared to paradise. Hmm. Now you say stacked food forest. What does that term mean? Stacked means that you've got different perennial edibles and beneficial plants at every layer, starting from under the soil to the herbaceous layer, the shrubs, the shorter fruit trees, the taller fruit trees, the vining plants, all in one area. And when you put them together in a guild or a community of plants that support each other, then again, it comes down to very little maintenance and very high yield. And you're doing this in uh, quite a few different areas. Uh, how many countries and states are you involved in right now? So we were highlighted on the high wire with Del Big Tree and phenomenal um, show. He's an amazing human being and his team. And that was Earth Day. So that was about 105 or so days ago. Since then, we since our launch, we're in 11 countries and 37 states and we're growing practically viral. And this is, you know, uh, Victor Hugo said, there's one thing more powerful than all of the armies of the world, which is very relevant right now. And that is an idea whose time has come. And the seed of, for the Garden of Eden has been planted deeply within all of our psychologies. We all have this vision of this place, this paradise. That is, my friends, absolutely the idea whose time has come. And we're doing it, and many others are doing it as well. Well, you mentioned one time that you uh, thought there might possibly be a way to what we call for this show DeFi uh, food forest uh, and DeFi uh, finance together. How, how do you see that coming together? Well, I would really like your consult on that. I am a huge fan of decentralized currency. I am. Um, I know that we have to decentralize these tools that are used to enslave the masses to in order to have our freedom. So I want to find out what it means and how we incorporate those uh, blockchains and those systems into our business. It would be amazing. Well, I'm sure there's some people watching this show that will be happy to help you out with that, actually. So we have a very helpful community and, and very, very, very smart community in that area. And I know that those are that are interested in the DeFi lifestyle and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's living off the grid, I guess, is the old term. But in essence, it really is a little bit different than that. Uh, in fact, it's so different that you've created a community yourself that will epitomize the idea of living off the grid. You want to tell us about Galt's Landing? I, I sure do. So my partner, Brian, and I, um, he, we, we had this vision. He came and moved down in 2012 with me in Costa Rica, which where I lived for 12 years, um, planted thousands of fruit trees and really learned about this process. So we had this idea of let's build our own community just for us. And then it came to be where we found this 52 acre property. It's got a mile long paved runway on the east, eastern border, we, which we don't own, but it's there and we, we're trying to purchase it. That might happen. And it's got a private 430 acre lake on the western side. So we see sunset views over the lake every day. It's at the end of the road. It's paradise. We've got the only dock on this private lake and we are designing it to be a completely off-grid 
community with all the food, all the water and all the energy needs met on site. And it's going to be a luxury community because we want to demonstrate to the world that off grid does not mean an outhouse in the woods with no plumbing, right? That off grid can be completely luxury and not miss a beat. In other words, have everything we already have and not have to pay the energy companies and the water companies and all the BS. Wow. This sounds like a phenomenal uh, place to be able to set up and, and, and actually detach yourself from all of the craziness and, and actually live and, and live in a real way. You know, that's, that sounds incredible. It really does. Yeah, my job, and I, I love really visualizing. I'm a huge fan of meditation and visualization. And my job is to create the most inspiring life and show the world to use my home as a stage. And we just got a huge investment. We've got all these neat things coming our way, um, TV pilots and everything. So I want to be um, wow. really an advocate to inspire people because fear is also one of the biggest tools of enslavement. And I want to lift people out of shame and rage and anger and fear and all that control mechanism and to create faith and courage and inspire people to live this way because it's good on mm. every level. It just feels good. That sounds like decentralization to uh, the ultimate DeFi, right? Right there. De decentralization is huge. And like you said, being free and it, 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 it speaks volumes to that. Well, so, just uh, just imagine, more. Tony, that uh, they have they have this self-sustained living mm -hmm. platform, and if they were to have a self-sustaining cryptocurrency to exchange within their community, then they would have a completely off the grid, totally situation. Uh, yeah, am I, I mean, am I crazy to think something like that? I love it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, when you the only thing that I think is missing is, I mean, we got the tennis courts and wow, uh, an incredible way to see if if because uh, uh, if I played tennis with you there, Chris, you'd be calling out out and challenging it every time. So the <laughs> yeah, fact that, that would be, uh, be the fact that it's going to be you know completely be able to be able to call it and see it. That's brilliant. So so you won't be able to call these challenges all the time. So I'm looking forward to that part, but. You know, the only thing I didn't hear was was we didn't have a landing pad for a helicopter. So, you know, but I guess we don't need a lot of room for that, right? So They can land right on the runway. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or right next to the horse stables. We're probably going to have there two horses for our daughters. We'll probably have two cows at a time um, and all these other little things. Again, showing that off-grid means luxury and means convenience, right? Because what do oh. Americans hate most? inconvenience mm -hmm. right and i've lived all over the world in maasai in different places i was on a bus ride one time for three days and this is where i learned about convenience and inconvenience because i was in pain at the ridiculousness of the inefficiency of the travel mm -hmm. and everybody i was traveling with they were just enjoying the ride and i was like <laughs> god i'm in i'm suffering but they're happy that means i've got a problem right and decentralized is also taking responsibility for my own emotions. You know, I declare myself free, which means I'm responsible for my own emotions, not anybody else. Very well put. If, if you were to add uh, 
uh, decentralize the currency to your, your whole program and everything else around you just uh, shut down. The electric grids around you shut down. The, uh, all the things that we normally use as services is shut down. I don't care if it's for two weeks or a month or whatever the case might be. How, how would you sustain there? Well, first of all, it wouldn't affect us at all as far from the point of view of our personal food, water and energy. What is a logical thought process is defense. And we are very, very well prepared in that regard from, you know, not from obviously government systems, but from systems um, from individual people that might want to take from us. Um, and I, I don't, I really like talking about solutions from a, not a fear-based way, but an inspiring moving forward way. But it is logical to think that we may have to defend ourselves at some point. Uh, Tony, we're getting uh, close to the end of this episode, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. there's so much here to unwrap without a doubt. Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like to finish out with? You know, <clears throat> I'd love to be able to learn a lot more about uh, what you're doing and what your, uh, what your vision is, because it definitely falls into the whole idea of, of, of what we're doing with, with the currency and, and DeFi and cryptocurrency itself. So it seems like it's a natural, a natural match and a, a, a would be a great marriage. So I'd love to be able to explore more of that. What do you think, Chris? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it is a, it is a perfect fit because, it's the it's a little it's a little thing that's missing from what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know. They they've got to find a currency that doesn't isn't uh, uh, controlled by the government, and if they can find that currency that's the right one, then mm -hmm. they've got everything put together. They've got an entire package put together. Then uh, mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean that uh, it's going to work very well if everybody loses their Wi-Fi and their phones and all things like that. So, you know. I'm not even going to ask what's going to happen if that happens, uh, Jim. I think we'll we'll just leave that for another session. But <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yes, I do. But I love the idea of decentralized um, currency, a way to store and exchange value. That's so important in today's world. So, yes, I would really like to talk about that for, for the business that's going global and for the community itself, too. No Excellent. doubt. No doubt. Well, I know that uh, either ourselves or someone from B Social will be in touch with you because I know that we can expand together, and that's what's so cool about it. And before we close again, uh, Jim, uh, any final things you'd like to tell our audience today? Yes, um, I would like to invite you to be part of the solution with me to help inspire people to become producers as well as consumers in our world. And we've created a business model around it called our Food Forest Cooperative. You can get a hold of us at foodforestabundance.com and we help people grow food. We teach regenerative capitalism that's beneficial on every level and it's a lot of fun. That's fantastic because you... You've, you've really put together a good plan for folks to follow a roadmap, if yeah. you will, yeah. for them to be yeah. successful with what they're doing. Jim, thank you so much for being a part of this program today. Thank you. It, it has that. been a true pleasure to learn about this. Uh, some of the things I had no idea about, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, uh, we first uh, talked with you. So thank you so much for educating me. 
Hey, have thank you guys. It's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, let's, let's have some fun and grow some food. All right. Thank you, Jim. And uh, Tony, I don't know. What do you think about, wow. what do you think about Amazing. growing your own food? Would you, would you do that? You know, I, I absolutely would. My dad was, uh, my dad had what was known as a green thumb. And, uh, uh, you know, he was always giving me a hard time about different things. And my mother still loves to plant stuff all the time and everything. So the important thing here is I think there's so much to learn. And sometimes, you know, when you're not aware of it, you, you don't understand how easy things can be because normally we get ourselves in the way of, of something that's, not that difficult. So it's about understanding sometimes. So I think what Jim's got going there and what we can open up, I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying to learn some of the stuff they've got. So to better myself, to obviously help myself. So, you know, by helping ourselves, actually, we help everybody. The more we all uh, learn about stuff and understand it, it's better for everyone. So I'm looking forward to it. Really am. Well, it, it, uh, myself, I, I've been an avid gardener for many, many years, but it's not been vegetables and things. It's always been, you know, flowers and bushes and plants like that and blooming plants. And weeds. Uh-huh. Yeah, and weeds. That's the reason I asked about the weeds, because I had to fight them all the time. And, uh, uh, but uh, as you know, and uh, here in North Carolina, I live on acreage and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it's grass. I'm thinking, okay, mm -hmm. could I use maybe a half an acre here and, you know, turn it into one of these food forest farms and, enjoy gardening in a different way because wow. we have very we have a very mild climate here in north carolina it it right. gets cold during the winter but it's not a, it's not like minnesota or someplace so yeah, i'm sure, sure there's a real year-round crop that could be grown here so i'm kind of interested myself I, that, yeah. that would be fun that would be a diversion if nothing else and would be uh be a, quite a uh a challenge which uh as uh, I've learned from you to uh, know what challenges are because you challenged me today to be able to uh, live with you and, and work with you. So I've learned about challenges only in the last, you know, year because mm -hmm. right. my, my very, very, very good friend, Tony. But you know, I'm looking forward to that. So, Tony, thank you. Thank you. You're my favorite co-host, as you always know. Appreciate right. it. <laughs> See you soon. All right. And everybody, it's been it's been a wonderful podcast. We have learned something, I have anyway, I hope you have, about things that I had no clue about. Uh, I've heard rumors and you know things about, oh, we got you can do this, you can do this, you can have a great farm, you can do all kinds of foods all year round. I'm going, well, really? Okay. Sounds like a lot of work. But that all being said, today we got some facts and you have a source that you can go to to learn more. Thanks to all of you for being with us today on this episode of The Swarm Unplugged. Always remember to listen, learn, and give. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Swarm Unplugged podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button and leave us a glowing comment. Gravitate yourself to be on the podcast so you are the next one to introduce themselves to the B-Social community. See you on the next episode.